whenever you're ready. Oh <laughs> my God. Jessica. I've never been called a fox. <laughs> Dana. That's a classy name for a Harry. I like it classic. Okay. Do you? <laughs> Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. Sure. Out with the bad and in with the good, motherfuckers. That's right. Jessica. Dana. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. I am Dana Powell. I'm Jessica Young. And, and we, we are here, are to, here rant to rant and rave. And rave. I would also like to make a disclaimer based on what's been happening on social media that those who are new to the show, you understand it is called the rants and raves. And so if we get ranty, it's not because we're horrible human beings that make you want to shut your phone off. It's just because that's part of our show. I might need to send people a definition of what ranting is. (laughs) (laughs) I sent Jessica a series of uh, some snapshots. It's hilarious. Some social media comment. Literally, one guy said, this is the worst thing I've seen on the internet today, and it made me turn my phone off. And I wanted to say, you're welcome, because if that, if I, me complaining about traffic is the worst thing you saw on the internet today. You're lucky. You're so lucky. Like, I literally just sent a friend of mine a worm lizard having babies out of its mouth. So there's way worse out there. And I usually have Gross. the tip off. <laughs> <laughs> You know what else I noticed? Oh, I told Jessica God. this, and maybe you're like, Dana, you're dramatic, but it's pretty provable. <laughs> uh, people hate me way more than you. I don't know if I just have the most hateable face. You so literally stupid. said Burger King French fries are garbage. Like, that's a pretty bold statement. And I'm like, just don't ride your brakes. You'll have to replace them. I'm, I'm, they're like, that redhead needs to die. Right <laughs> up. There were some people that had some strong comments, and I just laughed because I thought, okay, again, it's an opinion. You're not right. saying you're going to do anything to anyone or you're an effing idiot or whatever. Neither am I. I'm like, you know what? They're the worst in the business. I'll argue it with you till the day I die. Argue, not fight you, not shiv you, not take your firstborn. Right. Calm down. It's called well, an opinion. They're like assholes. Everybody has one. Exactly. I just hearted those ones because sometimes I'm in just... the mood where I'm like, what TLC said it too in one of their songs. Don't worry about it. You just quote an icon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also do want to say, uh, you know, we have to rant. That's part of our show. <laughs> it's part of the existence. But one thing I just want to put out there, mm-hmm. I have seen a lot of men on social media go get very famous for their ranting. And when women do it, we are absolutely chastised. I'm you're a not bitch, you're a hag, allowed, and uh-huh, everything uh-huh, in between. Uh-huh. I'm not going to go viral and get in cocaine bear for ranting. <laughs> <laughs> Which, listen, I only said that because it was at the top of my mind. That guy happens to be very funny. He's very yes. talented. I wish him yes. all the best. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just I saying know. he, like, made a career out of being angry. And I complain about traffic, which I'm pretty sure if you are of driving age, you have done at some point. 
Exactly. I need to be crucified. They're not offering me movies. <laughs> what the hell? Uh... There was a guy that went viral this week for ranting about, and I mean ranting and raving, not raving positively. Ranting and raving right. lost his mind. I was afraid his eyeballs were going to <laughs> pop and all the jelly insides come out. Evolves. Yes. And he was ranting about Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. He just wanted a Mexican. And I'm like, and he went viral. People were creating songs out of it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying. Well, but I did, all our I did. singer songwriters. Oh, go on. No, 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 no. I don't even remember what I was saying now. <laughs> <laughs> to all the singer songwriters out there. You are welcome to write a song about any of our rants or our raves. Yes. You can yes. send in your comments. You guys are always fun, supportive. Uh, we're not asking anybody to agree with everything we say. No, uh, absolutely not. Half the time, you and I don't agree with each other. Exactly. <laughs> we welcome other ideas, other opinions, okay? That's part of what makes life fun. Yeah. Um, Please find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Rants and Raves Podcast. You can find us on TikTok where oh, the, yeah. the S is really going down. Uh, the Rants and Raves P. You I can find us. I haven't read any comments from there. <laughs> I try to stay away from them. Michael from YouTube. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Am I very hateful TikTok too? <laughs> no, but I'm talking about, see the comments I was reading. I was like, well, people weren't too happy about those fry things on TikTok. Oh, really? Hilarious. Hilarious. So now I'm going to have to look at them on YouTube. No, don't. Uh, Just stay out of the fray. <laughs> <laughs> you can find and listen and watch us on our YouTube channel, the Rants and Raves podcast. Again, uh, we always have an audio recording available there, but you can also download our audio on any and every podcast platform that you choose. But you can watch full-length videos of our show. You can see it all yeah. happen in the flesh. You can see the reality of a day in the life of Jessica and Dana. Uh, you can send us an email at the Ransom Raves podcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the contact button on our website, www.theransomravespodcast.com. Dot com. Thank you. I love the way you say dot com always. <laughs> I always want to say it with you. Um, Jessica, should we just slide right into rants? I, I'm looking, oh, we always yeah. have an outline. But yours doesn't have any explanation whatsoever. And so I'm very curious. <laughs> yeah. There's not anything needed. We're just going to dive right on into it. I can't wait. Uh, shock alert, <laughs> shock alert, shock alert. It's about food. Oh, yeah. No, you weren't expecting that. Um, you know, I always have to be angry about something daily uh, <laughs> regarding food, uh, no matter how and what that may be. Today's rant is about a new product at Trader Joe's. Now we all know how much I love TJ's. I'm oh, yeah. definitely not alone. But this isn't Trader Joe's fault. This is just a societal problem because, uh, you know, lots of groceries that dessert hummus, and I've already gone nuts about that craze. Right. Uh, not in a good way. Uh, right. P.S. It's slowing down, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is about cannoli dip. Uh now, at a first glance, you're like, yum. It sounds Ricotta, good. Ricotta. Yeah. Maybe some sugar. 
Uh, I don't know what else goes into cannoli filling, but it's like <laughs> ricotta and sugar, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what else they put in it. I don't need to know because it went in the trash. Now, I'm going to make the first uh, admission, and that is that I bought this. Right. Dribble, yeah. You're like, this you're trash. like the people who are like, yeah, I'll buy Peeps Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a green bean soda from Jones on Thanksgiving. <laughs> what of it? No. You're gross. <laughs> Dana, I mean, I'm the idiot that bought it, but I thought, yes, I knew Alan would be angry, and he was, and rightfully so. Well, because um, he wants things to be authentic. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we all know how that first date went when I cooked for him, the first <laughs> cooking date. And he literally said, you're using sauce out of a jar? Yeah. And I think my head turned around like an owl because <laughs> I didn't know there was a choice not to. Okay. <laughs> um, so he was like, I can't believe you bought that. I'm like, oh, shut up. Like, you're not going to eat it. Um, A, we'll just cut to the chase. It was disgusting. But again, shame on me and shame on everyone. When did we get to shame a point? Shame on everyone, he said. <laughs> where, it had, where something can't be enjoyed as a once in a while treat. It's like, you know when you get a cannoli? When a bakery that actually knows how to make it makes one and you can have it fresh. Now that may be once a year. That yeah, may I be have once it. a week. The only time I ever have it is for like when we go to anniversary dinners at Marino's because that's oh. the night that he proposed, which is okay, like a love it. classic family-owned Italian. Yes. Dinner. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. where you have a cannoli. Or I used to have cannolis every time I was in Boston. Oh, yeah. When I would go to visit my mom, it's like, I'm going to Modern Pastry in the North End and you get them um, in... Uh, you get the shells in a box and then you have them put the filling in some coffee cups to go so that when you're ready to eat it, you pipe that in yourself so that Ooh. the shell doesn't get soft and mushy. Whoa, that's an experience. It is. And it adds more shame to how I could buy something labeled cannoli dip. It was not only disgusting, but when did we get so lazy as a society or so uh, frivolous and uh what is the word were you uh, overindulge what is the word i'm looking for gluttony when did we become <laughs> so gluttonous that it required just a vat of something that we just dip we just dip and dip like a scoop, like a dump truck. Instead of taking a normal size thing, I look like I'm lighting a pipe or doing something else. Watch your <laughs> mind. And biting into that cannoli. Piped in fresh, maybe, maybe rolled in some mini chocolate chips. Or if you're lucky, they might still have some of the shells dipped in chocolate. Chocolate rimmed. Get your mind out of the gutter, Dana. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm in your gutter. You are swimming alone, lady. <laughs> oh my I god. I'm dying. Okay, may I may I question? Yes. Not as a devil's advocate, as someone who's okay. curious. What was gross about it? Why was it the texture? Was it what was it? Uh the texture was a little off, but also it was just like 
really grossly sweet. Like a cannoli is a dessert. Yeah, it's sweet. I love sweets. But it's not something that's overly sweet. And you know what I mean. Some things really need to be sweet. Like strawberry syrup on a Sunday, which I would never get, uh, should be really (laughs) sweet. (laughs) Yes. So was it more akin? Do you love my passive-aggressive judgment? Yes. But so was it like like I'm envisioning a cheesy icing almost? Was yes, it that kind that's of pretty good. But I love icing, and some people hate icing because they say it's too sweet. I love icing. I can't keep icing in my house, or it'll end up beside my bed, and my finger will. Oh yeah, there I love night. icing. <laughs> I love the cake and the icing. So when yeah. people are like, "Oh, I just like the cake," or "I just like the icing," I'm like, "Well, I'll take both." Yeah, and just too. settle that problem for you. Well, I will tell you, I with almost certainty, I don't think there would have ever been a time I would have bought cannoli dip. Well, I'm just saying. It doesn't I, sound like, was it in a hummus container? Yes. Yes, no. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> and I don't picture somebody taking like a spreader out of their drawer for when they entertain no. and like putting it on little graham crackers or something and being all cute like and then making a stupid board out of it. Oh, no. I oh, picture no. somebody should... taking like a full on waffle cone and just being like, <laughs> like Randy <laughs> Macho Man snapping into a Slim Jim. Oh my god! Take it to a cannoli dip. Well, based on this Holy review, I know shit. I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Rant over. Okay, are you tired? You look tired. Yes, I feel winded, and I'm glad you got it out. This is what ranting is good for. Look, you just took Thank a big you. swig of water. You got it out. It's an opinion. Maybe somebody loves it. Guess what? I welcome you to write into us and tell us that you love that dip. I dare you to go and buy it. Okay? We're not going to be angry. I might laugh or I might be like, you're nuts, LOL. Why did you like it? Or are you kidding? Or how did you eat it? I'm genuinely going to be curious. So is Dana. We're not mean people. We like engaging. If you write into us, those of you that do know that it's like we just keep that communication train going. Okay, that's right. For I some of you, for years people. now. I know. I love to share you guys' opinions. Exactly. <laughs> I cannot believe uh, you got so whipped up over cannoli dip. It makes me feel like, okay, Dana, you're okay. You're with your people. That's you make me feel acceptable, and thank you for that. <laughs> I'm really thrilled that you are okay with this rant. I really thought for sure and with good reason that you'd be like, you know what? No, it's important to get these feelings out. I've bought things. And you know what, too? I'll just add an addendum real quick and we'll move Mm -hmm. on. The thing I think that really makes you angry is you spent money on it and then you threw it away because it's nasty and you feel wasteful. And that makes me mad. I don't like to be wasteful. That's another thing. And I'll be honest with you, because I know sometimes we're like, why didn't you give it away? Or why didn't I would have taken it? If something 
look, there's plenty of stuff where I'm like, ew, I don't like it. But then again, I don't like green tea. So-and-so loves green tea. I want to see if they want this matcha ice cream that I literally took one spoonful of. You know what I'm saying? By the way, would never buy matcha ice cream. Um... I'm just saying, like, there's plenty of stuff where I'm like, oh, I tried this shampoo, right? I don't like it. Yeah. Do you want it? I'll take it. Great. Yes. I do with friends all the time, right? But when it's that gross, it's the same thing when I got Aviator Gin. And I talked about this probably two years ago on this podcast. It tasted like someone melted a tube of toothpaste down <sighs> the sink. Now, I realize some people must like it because it's still sold. But if I thought it was that bad, why would I be like, hey, Dana, this is the nastiest thing I've ever drank. Would you like it? Does that sound appealing to you? Are you intrigued? Oh, you'd like to make some Negronis with toothpaste? I'll be right over. No. But you're right. Like, it's throwing it out. But I've also gotten to a point I used to be the queen of and why I only did this with food primarily and not other things is sad and astonishing but i would like bite into something i'd be like this isn't very good well i paid for it and then just keep eating it why because i paid for it well there's clothes i buy that i hate i paid for it i don't wear them right why am i I gonna do that with some nasty dip i've done that before and you don't feel good about it I was just going to say the only sweet dip there should be is a chocolate fondue. End of my rant. End of my talking. Go on. Well, I was just going to bring it full circle to show how real we are. Uh, Dan Tipton accidentally bought a giant tub of sour cream instead of cottage cheese, and he hates sour cream, and I can't eat it because I'm lactose intolerant. Do you and Alan have any interest? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, noted. (laughs) That's really sad, too, because... Sour cream. I know you don't. It's a big one like this, like the big cottage cheese, you know, big. Yeah. Oh, I love me some sour cream. Okay, noted. uh, It's yours. Unlike you, who doesn't like onion and doesn't want anything on your bean burrito, I leave the onions on and I always have the mad sour cream. Oh, I do too. But but I can't do sour cream anymore. I will add my own uh, Greek yogurt. That's what I use for sour cream. Oh, okay. Because Fair my enough. system can tolerate that. I don't know why. but I wish they had that option. Uh, are you listening, Taco Bell? Greek yogurt instead of sour cream? Because honestly, delicious. that's what I, I do at home, look- too. Yeah, I can't tell the difference. It's good. Yep. And that's but I ain't going to be healthy. mad at that sour cream. No, no, ma'am. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Okay, well, I... I brought a rant. It doesn't have a specific title. I just wanted to share, and I've shared, I feel like we've shared some posts from this woman before. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say we're going to be talking about weight a little bit. So if that's a trigger for you, if you have an eating disorder or anything, just you might want to skip along this. Um, We're going to have another trigger warning later in the raves. So this is from someone that I follow, and I think Jessica follows too. If not, I send her mm-hmm. enough videos. She might as well. Um, <laughs> it's Alex Light. And I believe I found her. I want to say that she does a podcast with Jamila Jamil, who mm-hmm. we just She's adore. A, yep. They're both yeah. great follows. Oh, so great. And and also they post about other people who are active mm-hmm. in many different arenas for women all the time. And I've followed many people that they've introduced me to. They're just really mm-hmm. great. 
And so I want to read you the caption and then I'm going to play this video for you that she posted. She's very, um, she's had a lot of trauma with eating disorders throughout her life. Jamila Jamil has talked about that, that she's done literal um, forever damage to her body because of it. Mm -hmm. And so they post a lot. Um, Alex, Alex Light in particular, she posts a lot of body pictures because she is at the point in her journey where she's trying to accept her body the way that it is and right. love it for who it is. And by the way, she's a beautiful woman. And mm -hmm. in my eyes, in no way overweight. Like she just looks like a normal right. woman to me. And when she posts pictures, she gets a lot, a lot of hate. And she is stronger than me because she turns it around and is able to educate and mm. make points to other people who are receptive to it. So I love that. So mm. she says here, every single day I get at least one man commenting on one of my posts telling me that we are oversensitive and that we've conjured up this entire weight issue in our own heads that nobody is telling us to be thin. We're just fabricating this desire. Do you all have any thoughts? And then she posted, I'm, I'm going to play it for you for audio. I'm sorry. You won't be able to see it uh, for video. Uh, you'll be able to see it kind of crazily, but I just want you to really take in the words. These are different celebrities. There's she's British. So there's a couple of British shows. I'm going to play the video for you. And then can we talk about it a little bit afterwards? Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring it. Love to know what you think. Matt. Well, Nikki, this is the body of a woman who's been overeating. What's your plan of action? Well, at the moment, Angela has no waist. Angela, if you just take your t-shirt in. That's it. Now, what we have at the moment is a classic apple shape. What we're going to do is peel the apple back and get rid of this bulge here. Give her a waist back. Mm -hmm. The way to do that is lots of aerobic work in the gym. Then what we need to do is to try to optimize her metabolism by getting her to eat five to six small meals a day. Brilliant. So it's diet, exercise, just really general. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. That's The thing and that just we're got me more it than up? Uh huh. The thing that just really stopped me in my tracks out of all of that was the guy on the talk show weighing a woman. That happened on my second day of working at Condé Nast. 
What? Somebody got a somebody got a scale for their office. One of the guys who I loved, and he just you know was always at work, so he like brought his gym bag and he had a scale and things like that. But like that was private, right? So right. of course, one of the people there had to be like, "Oh, Sammy can't get a scale in his office. Let's weigh ourselves." And it was all the women. And I am telling you, I went. Uh, remember, everyone knows this gif where Homer Simpson's eyes get real big and he just disappears backwards into the hedges. Into the yes, into the bushes. Dana, yes, that's what I did in the conference room, which was my makeshift office. And I tried to pull the door shut. Now, you know, I'm so big. That door was out like this. It's not <laughs> like I'm a pancake and the door was closed and somebody would look in and be like, huh? And I hid behind the door holding the handle to myself as tight as possible. And all I kept thinking was, if they come in and try to make you weigh yourself, you're walking out. If they come in and try to make you weigh yourself, you're you're walking out. I had to I, keep I mean telling myself that so that I wouldn't be humiliated because here's the real kicker. What did I hear? Oh my God, you gained weight. You're 105. She's only 103, you fat bitch. Oh my God. What? I'm sorry that you ever went through that. I cannot imagine the fear. I, cause I'm trying to put myself in that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's so awful. And, and the thing of it is, like, for example, the Kardashians. Jessica, we all know that shit is scripted. Shame on them. It's not funny. You I are know. giving and whether um Chloe, you could see in her body language and when she did the eye roll, like she knew it was scripted, she knew she had to say it, she knew she was going to go through this, and she knew it was gonna hurt. I know. And this overarching message, like the thing that sucks about it is this woman posts about this a lot too, is that female bodies go through trends. Our bodies are not malleable <laughs> like that. I that know. guy talking about the apple shaped body, you know, like it was so gross and they would peel that apple back. Sir, how many children has that woman had? And even if she hasn't, what other predispositions <laughs> does she have? Because I'll tell you this, I've struggled with my weight and my own perception of my body and everybody else's perception of my body mm -hmm. my entire life. I've been big. I've been small. I've been treated mm -hmm. poorly because of it. I've been treated better when I was thin. But mm -hmm. the media is doing this, and it is now harming our children, you know, continually. Like, little girl, you know, the whole reason that that song that was a huge hit last year, I Know Victoria's Secret. She's a man, you know, she was built by a man, yeah. you know, and all of this. Mm -hmm. The whole reason that started is because a little girl was being bullied by other little girls for having fat arms. And that little girl's arms were about the size of this makeup brush right here. Mm -hmm. But she cried because her friends yeah. thought her arms were fat. Well, where are they getting that idea? Sometimes from the home, because people think it's funny to tease about another person's body. Ooh, you get totally. fat? Mm, did you lose that baby weight? No one should ever have to have a discussion about losing baby weight. Ever. No. And also, why is it a running joke about like dad bod, but it's acceptable? It's like, this mm -hmm. is what it is. And we yeah. all have to go, okay. But in for women, our bodies and when they 
I guess what they would call degrade, they just continue dating 25-year-olds. Yeah. Well, sir, you ain't the prize you used to be. Okay. You know, we're not making this up. Yeah. This message is being pushed at us constantly to worry about our weight. Nobody's making this up. And the fact that a, that a man would take time to even respond to that and say, you're being crazy, which everybody mm -hmm. knows is gaslighting, or at least at the very least, very yep. toxic <laughs> behavior, shows me that you have no clue what you're talking about. You are just verifying for us what we're saying. Right. That's the message also, we're receiving. Your why message, is it sir. As a woman that you've just let yourself go. But as a man, oh, he just put on a little weight. He's just got yeah. a beer belly. Yeah. Like, it's funny. And again, not a big deal and doesn't affect them in the least. Well, and never <laughs> into the conversation, like, everybody's going, well, also, not only is it gross, but it's also a health risk. Well, you're not worried about my health, I don't think, because that's <laughs> not usually mentioned. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> But also there are many people who have larger bodies that are perfectly healthy. They have nothing wrong with them, you know? And I know we've got this whole thing with Ozempic going around and it's like, that is a medication that was marketed to people with diabetes to help regulate their sugar. And now, you know, it's always hard for a person who struggles with metabolism and weight, be it because they have PCOS or anything like that. Um, it's hard for them to ask for help because they're ashamed. I know this personally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So these people are getting help to monitor their insulins, which will in turn help their bodies be able to metabolize better. Okay. They've sought this help out and now they're being shamed for that. Now yes. it's the lead story on 2020 on Friday night, mm -hmm. Ozempic mm -hmm. face and all this. So they're also being shamed for trying to get help. How yeah. are people supposed to win? I know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. And That's exactly you right. You and I have talked about this forever. Another stigma that has never gone away and for some reason has such disdain and disgust uh, from the masses is anything dealing with food. It's like, oh, we feel sad for alcoholics. We feel sad for drug addicts. We feel sad for gamblers. We feel sad for love and sex addicts. We feel sad for people who are anorexic. We feel sad for people who are bulimic. But people that are overweight, whether it's from overeating, whether it's from whatever condition they have, yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. There is a stigma to that like nothing else. In yeah, the and, world. It's and I've always crazy. told people, I, I'll, sorry, I'll just finish this thought no, with please. addiction. You can take all the other stuff away. We don't need booze and gambling and sex to live. I mean, to we survive. don't, let's be honest, right. right? You have to have food. So that to me is why it is the most complicated thing to conquer, deal with, come to peace with in whatever way you can and have to do for yourself because it is required as sustenance. Mm -hmm. It's required to live. No other yeah. thing that people may have a bad relationship with or addiction with or to uh, is required to live. Yes. hundred uh, percent. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Mm. You have to have that to survive. But then it becomes a, a whole cycle of shame. And then yeah. 
it becomes a cycle of, of shame, not just about your weight, but your, but society's perception of you. And it's just such a big ball of ugly, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, um, if you have the media and your TV shows and your favorite people to watch talking in ways like also, you know, Chloe didn't ask for any advice. Don't you dare give anybody an unsolicited advice okay? uh, about exactly. anything, about their children, about their parents and how to handle that. Like, don't, don't give unsolicited advice. And I would say, no. I guess I bring that up again because, I mean, whatever, it's a show. But I do know that those kind of dynamics exist within families. And within a yeah. lot of families, the way that they deal with it is to give nicknames and tease and poke. And it's all out of love. Well, you're a woodpecker pecking away at someone's self-value, self-confidence, ability to speak up for themselves, ability to ask for help if they need it. Because if this, then what? If I'm just crazy and everybody else is normal about their weight and their food and these messages coming at me are not real, Mm -hmm. then what else am I awful at? Or what else am I a failure at? Or what else is wrong with me? You know? Anyway, I just wanted to share that. I don't know. I just, I don't know that I would call it necessarily a rant. It just seems like something that's been going on for so long. Absolutely. Even now, you know, everything's a trend. And so we've had this body positivity trend and now there's backlash against that. And I'm just Mm -hmm. saying, can we get rid of all of the fighting and actually go, hey, this is something that's happening that's damaging human beings to their core to the point that they have physical diseases forever because of what they've done to their body from the messaging that they've received around them. So, you know, if you have children or around children that get teased for their weight or you call them, you know, things like meatball and stuff like that out of love, maybe think about that for a second and what kind of message that is sending, you know, Uh, you know, wives, husbands, Maybe think before you say, God, when you were younger, man, you were killing it. You were hot. Ugh, mm-hmm. Wow. Because the opposite of that is, but now you're not. Yep. You know, we just, yeah. I think we have, to, maybe my point is we just need to be mindful. We need to be exactly. mindful about how we're treating others, what we're consuming, what we're allowing our young people to consume and the messages we're putting out. I'll just end with that. Pip, pip. Pip, pip. Oh, Jessica, I could use a cleansing breath out of that. I think we could. (laughs) Also, I'm just obsessed with my blinds at a certain, it seems like every time we record, the sun hits my car and it doesn't matter where my car's parked (laughs) because I've tried to move it. (laughs) Maybe it's like, do I look mysterious? Like I'm looking through the blinds at you. A little bit of adamant makeup. (laughs) All right. We are going to take a cleansing breath. So it's a staple of our show. We get our ranties, our our angsty out, and then we take a deep breath in, blow all of that out, and then we spend the rest of the time filling up with goodness and giggles and things we want to rave about. So if you're in a place where you can scream it out, I actually recommend that. It feels pretty good. Kind of gets a lot of that tension you hold in your body out. If you can't do that, at least do yourself a favor and take a minute to, to have a breath with us. Okay. Let's take a deep breath in. And out. Let your shoulders drop after that breath. 
Yeah. I love that feeling. Totally. I've made it a habit for the last year or so that when I'm ready to go to bed, when I'm tired, and I'll like lay, I'm the worst. I'll lay down and look at crime stuff or mm-hmm. scroll through Instagram. I'm just the worst. But um, I have made a mental note to myself that when I start feeling tired, I go check your body and I relax my jaw and my shoulders. And it shocks that. me every single night how yes. tense my jaw, like I'll have my tongue glued up to my, to my, the top totally. of my mouth. Cause I'm trying to keep my chins in check. <laughs> Shut the hell up. You need to take a cleansing breath before you go to sleep. Oh, that's a good Maybe idea. Maybe even actually. three of them. I'm serious. Like sometimes if I can't sleep, I'm like, okay, I do this during the day all the time. I'm like, take some deep breaths and just uh, like yeah. really try to relax myself. Yeah, maybe I'll start doing that. Mm-hmm. I do like doing it at night. I know that. Oh, All right, Jessica. Yeah. Let's just cruise on into our corners, huh? We've got uh, some corners coming your way, folks. And this one is a golden oldies. It's been a while Woo-hoo. since we have some fun news dealing with seniors. I don't know that it's fun. It's exciting. It's important. It's encouraging. I'll give it that. Cool. This is from the Good News Network. This comes to us from Randy Horbley and meditation could protect older people against Alzheimer's according to new research. Fantastic. Yeah. Meditation could protect older people against Alzheimer's. The practice of ancient religions and modern mindfulness heightens awareness and emotional health faculties that decline with dementia, like Alzheimer's. A strong point of the study was that the control group, meaning those who were used as a comparison to the meditators, were given another activity that has potential for fighting dementia, language learning. In the study, French participants assigned to an 18-month meditation course did better than those given English lessons instead to keep their brains busy. Author der... I can't even speak right. Author Dr. Gail Shedalot of the University of Can Normandy said the meditation improved scores reflecting attention regulation and socio-emotional capacities. Nothing in particular that the attention regulation subscore increased after meditation only. In the context of meditation practices, this capacity allows a heightened awareness and monitoring of the contents of experience without becoming absorbed by them. Socio-emotional capacities decreased substantially after non-native language training, suggesting the difference observed may be due to maintenance of skills by meditation. The study included 137 men and women split into three groups. Meditation and English classes included two-hour weekly sessions. They also did home practice of at least 20 minutes a day. A control set carried on living their lives as normal with no intervention. The authors note that as meditation is becoming increasingly popular over recent years, it has helped people quit smoking, cope with cancer, even prevent skin condition psoriasis. Could meditation, a mental training approach toward attention and emotional regulation, Preserve brain structure and function in cognitively unimpaired older adults. Strategies to prevent dementia are urgently needed. Mental training that targets stress and attention regulation has the potential to improve both cognitive and emotional aspects of aging. Staying in the moment has been part of philosophical and contemplative practices for thousands of years. 
the hallmarks of many forms of mental illness is a preoccupation with one's own thoughts, a condition meditation seems to affect. One drawback to the study was that the sample population was not representative of the global aging population, as that it included very healthy individuals. Mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which combines meditation with orthodox thought training, is already recommended for depression in Britain and is available at the British National Health System. Oh, wow. Again, this is something I've tried to be really conscious of lately. Um, I don't meditate per se, but I, my husband does. He does it every day. He puts on um, a frequency called solfeggio mm-hmm. sounds it's a specific frequency you've sent me something with a really cool frequency that i go back to and listen to sometimes mm-hmm. it puts you in sort of a lucid state so like he's not totally asleep but he's not awake mm-hmm. um but you're like present and it totally relaxes him and it's something that he started doing a couple of years ago like during the pandemic and has done wonders for him to just stop his mind from where he has a mind that tends to race and he has a lot of issues Mm -hmm. falling asleep and staying asleep. Mm -hmm. Stress is the worst thing for all of us. It contributes to all these things, literally from shingles to diabetes to cancer. It's like, "Eh," that's why I'm like, ah, breathe, try breathing, take some deep breaths. Like, uh, this is fascinating. For it to be something to help with meant because that is something I've been a little more tuned into these days as I feel like I've been really airheaded. I'm like, maybe I need to start doing some stuff for mental agility. Well, I will say it's interesting. You know, our parents didn't talk much about their parents and what they were going through. Um, right. But I feel like we are trying to be open and help each other through because you yes. and I are at the age where some of us are starting to lose our parents. And so what I'm going through with my in-laws right now is my mother-in-law has dementia pretty severely and, um, she's not, she has 24 hour care. We'll just put it that way. Like she's at the point where she will run away, things like that. right? Right. But she's been diagnosed with dementia and, and actually I forget we've, they've gone back and forth so many times on whether or not it's Alzheimer's. It doesn't matter. It's, degenerated you know exactly but the the interesting thing is i don't think that we've really upgraded um how do i say this like knowing how well cognitively they are in being able to make important financial decisions and things like that so we're struggling with that and whatever the testing system is right now says that people are fine when families know that there are struggles, you know, but there's a clear cognitive um, decline. Decline, yes, and so it's made it difficult for us to help, you know. Right. Um, but we should be thinking more and more about it because I think that just with age, whether you are diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's or not, there yes. is cognitive decline and we should try to slow that as much as possible. I read this yep. thing. It might be in something I'm reading later. I can't remember, but it said like the average life expectancy is 72. And I was like, 72. I plan on living longer than that. Okay. <laughs> I know that's not old. No. Good Lord. I'm going to be around here a lot longer than that, but I want to have a good quality of life. Yeah. Of course. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, that's fantastic. Yep. I, that is interesting. 
you and I have talked so many times about how you and I both have a hard time meditating. It's hard. I know. Oy. All right. Well, that is good news, though. Thank you for sharing that. Indeed. Jessica, and I will I say have... this. Yeah, go ahead. I always have a, and I will say this. So <laughs> I mean this. I just want to tell people quick because it's like, well, why are you talking about that if neither of you do it? Uh, I'll tell you when I can do it and I to take the it. pressure off yourself. Part of it was always saying like, well, my mind always wanders and it can't quiet. Well, that's part of why you meditate. So no matter what you're thinking about, also, there's so many things you can look up just on YouTube. Look up, again, those solfeggio sounds. Look up good frequencies to play while meditating. There's certain... um not hymns, but almost like chants, but they're mm -hmm. sung like in a really pretty tone that they play at different types of yoga classes. Play something like that and even just sitting and listening to that for 15 minutes and breathing, like being conscious of your breathing. I swear it's not some hokey stuff. You're going to feel a lot better. You really, really will. I so believe when that. I go to I yoga, I get transported with that stuff. I, I believe you. I think that there is a lot of power in just making decisions to like help self boost. Like I've been hearing a lot lately about the high five habit where you're supposed to mm. just in the morning when you get up and you go in the bathroom, just high five yourself in the mirror. It's like, it's almost like a spirit of intention. You know I what like I mean? that. I do yes. too. And they say it sounds crazy, but they've, they have show testing that that really works. And, you know, remember when I told you I watched that show? I'm going to say it again. If you guys haven't watched it, 100 Humans on Netflix yes. is the most fascinating thing. And they proved that positive reinforcement is always, always, always going to make a better difference than negative mm -hmm. critique. Always, right. no matter what level you're at, you're going to get better if you have positive reinforcement. So why not start the day with my own positive Reinforcement, I, I find myself that. in the mirror, you know? It doesn't matter if it's silly, if it works. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel anyway. Darn straight. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did try to start my new morning routine this week, and you saw my post on my private social media. <laughs> I, like, had my, my snow hat pulled down over my face and said I'm supposed to start my morning routine the, today, but it's so cold and nasty out. It feels like nature wants me to rest. <laughs> <laughs> all right jessica i'm up next uh do you happen to know what kind of corner i have looks like it's a weirdo of the week you're weird you're so very weird why must you bring your weirdness here <laughs> i love it i love that song too because you and i love weirdos <laughs> like we couldn't be happier than to be surrounded by a bunch of weirdos. Anyway, okay, here we go. This is from a website actually called weekinweird.com. Mm -hmm. This was written by Greg Newkirk. Meet Devin Person, a real life wizard who grants wishes on the New York City subway. All right, well, let's just get into this. For most of us. <laughs> Ignoring the strange people on the subway is second nature, but if you ever find yourself in the tunnels below New York City and you notice a bearded man in a bright green pointy hat and a matching robe, you should probably go talk to him. <laughs> you see, he's a real-life wizard who uses magic to grant wishes. Devin Person 
has fully embraced the classic archetype of the wizard. Amazing. Through the use of techniques like hypnosis and ritual magic, Person has made it his life's goal to re-enchant the lives of New York residents, finding magic in the mundane. <laughs> in the season premiere of the critically acclaimed podcast, uh, Euphemet, host Jim Perry follows Person as he makes his rounds in the city. And the result is fascinating, looking at how one simple word, wizard, is a magic spell which forces us to rethink our version of reality. Quote, it's a very fun word and archetype to occupy. Because if I say wizard, people have an image in their mind, like a guy with a beard and a pointed hat and magic, and there's this whole thing. And yet there's a bunch of questions. What is a wizard in the modern world? What do you do? How does that work? Their curiosity kicks in, person says. That, in a sense, is a magic spell. I can say this one word, and I can cause an internal experience in you and an emotional experience that's largely associated with curiosity and wonder and will be very different experience than if I said lawyer. There, there's something to that. He's not wrong. I agree. I agree. Okay. All right, person. For person who has become <laughs> such a beloved figure in Brooklyn that he's garnered a profile in the New York Times, real magic exists beyond the scope of classification. Quote, I think part of the joy of being a wizard is coloring outside the box. I meet certain types of people who are very interested in finding a box to contain wizard in. They either want to disprove that I'm a wizard, that that's not possible, or more commonly, they want to take a box that they're already familiar with and use that to contain me. Literally, that's the end of the article? That's the end of the article. I was getting into person. I was really believing him. Hey, no. What would you ask him for if you met him on the subway? See, I don't know. Okay. Here's where Dana's crazy starts to leak out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I I listen I listen to this other podcast called Astonishing Legends. If you're into like weird and paranormal UFO, but from these really smart, like super cool, ultra intelligent non-believers when they started and sort of wonder oh. now. You would love it. Astonishing Legends. Also, it's one of those podcasts. Everybody has a type that they like. Like some people like 12 to 20 minute podcasts. Some people like three hour. Po I'm a three hour girl. I will binge you every second that there's not other noise in my ears. Okay. <laughs> they are like that. So they just had a woman on. Well, this was actually a couple months ago, but telling a story about how she was in this place. It was somewhere, I want to say Argentina. Anyway. Her friend was supposed to pick her up. Her friend was late. She's never late, right? And she had had a nightmare the night before about this girl and water and blah, 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 whatever. Let me get to it. The guy basically says, she said there were no cars around. It was really weird. It was just this man and this little girl. They said that they, he was, they were kind of calling him a genie, um, which okay. there's historically they go back into what that means and it would make more sense. It just sounds crazy. Me going, you guys, she ran into a genie. Or? No. <laughs> I can't speak to these things academically. Don't push me. <laughs> anyway, this man was like, I have a gift for you, um, you know, and I will give you three wishes. You will have whatever you want. The man you want to marry, the uh, riches, uh, la, 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 right? And so she's kind of like, I don't have any money. And he's like, well, nothing is for free. And she's like, yeah, I can't. He's like, you don't want all these things. And he starts telling her things from her life and also from the dream she had the night before. 
So that's what got her freaked out, right? And so then eventually yeah. <clears throat> uh, she could, just kept saying, I don't have money because we're always worried that we're going to get scammed, right? And so he said, all right, fine. And so he and the little girl, the little girl, she said, was about nine. And she just nodded whenever he asked her questions or whatever. And um, they were starting to walk away. And she stopped him because she started going, this is all weird. And where the heck is my friend? Right. And she said, how much is it? And he said, basically what he told her in their amount of money, it would have been equivalent to a quarter for us. Okay. That's all he wanted from her. And she was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I have that. And he goes, you already said no. You lost. And he walked away. So they were talking to her about it. And she was like, and I feel the same way. Nothing is for free. So that's my long-winded, I'm super creeped out by weird things that I force myself to listen to way of saying, if I saw a wizard on the subway and he offered to grant me wishes, I don't know that I would trust him. I would feel like I was selling my soul to the devil. <laughs> and then I would have a dream that night that Jesus Christ peeled himself off the cross and came to yell at me. That's what would happen. I already know. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do, Jessica? <laughs> I would hope that I can play guitar like Ralph Macchio and beat Steve Vai in a competition at the crossroads. Yeah, and Will Ferrell would give you your would be the Satan that gives you all your wishes. <laughs> but I do want to go back and say what he was saying about how just the word wizard sort of inspires mm -hmm. people to start thinking and defining and thinking outside the box and stuff. He's not wrong. There is a magic in that. Totally. I don't think, I think I'd be mad fun. if I met a wizard on the on the Subway, as long Especially as you didn't try if he's to fun. Yeah. I like people that are fun and not getting aggressive or trying to yeah. demand anything. I don't know. Me. There it's is like, something kind of beautiful people about People always it. get mad at me because I do entertain weirdos again when it feels like it's safe and harmless. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's my choice. And if I want to give him or her a couple of bucks, that's on me. That's on you. Yeah. And I did that a lot in Paris whenever I would like see some... Like a crazy woman stood up and started belting out Edith Piaf and people like can't even look up from their paper. My boss was like, don't look at her. Don't look at her. Don't make eye contact. And I was like, boy, like laser eyes. And I gave her money. I'm like, why I, wouldn't I? I don't well, care if she's think, crazy. She just made my day. Yes. And I think that we're creatives. I mean, half of our friends could be the person that you just described. <laughs> You know, because okay. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before, too. Like when we were kids, if you, you were told, stop being weird or you're so weird. Why are you acting like that? Mm -hmm. And it was a yucky mm -hmm. thing. I think nowadays to me, that just means unique. And that's exciting. Yes, so, exactly. Anyway, very fun. <laughs> anyway, that was a fun corner. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, now we're going to get into some, I was about to say hot and heavy raves. Ooh, inappropriate. Some uh, fun and just shut up, Jessica, and just start <laughs> raving. I don't have to try to segue and have the perfect thing to say about each You can thing. recycle. Hey, guys, we're going to move on into raves, so let's pay per chew. Just recycle something you've said before. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. Oh. <laughs> so this is something that 
uh, really caught my eye, and I thought it was awesome because we also like to say that there's always ways to help out with things that do not involve money, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the greatest gifts that we can give our fellow citizen is our time, right? The gift of time and volunteering. And this is an incredible uh, program. I will mention some of the areas where they have it. If they do not have this exact thing in your state, because it's around the country, but it's not in every state, I'm sure there are things similar, or you could contact your local school board or do some Googling and find out how you can do this in your area. Lots of mentoring programs available as far as reading and helping kids learn how to read. So this is Reading Partners. You can find them at readingpartners.org. Reading Partners is a national nonprofit that mobilizes communities to provide students with proven, individualized reading support they need to read at grade level by fourth grade. We know that reading is the foundation for all future learning. The ability to read transforms lives and empowers children and comes to reach their full potential. Research shows that students who read at grade level by fourth grade have a greater opportunity to succeed in school and beyond. That's why we partner with under-resourced schools and engage volunteer reading partners to work one-on-one with students who struggle with reading. Our volunteers provide hour-long tutoring sessions to students following a structure, evidence-based curriculum developed with an expert team of curriculum advisors. Mm, Our program model works and it is backed by evidence-based research, which proves that our students make significant gains in reading. So I love what this organization does. There's different ones in the Los Angeles area. Uh, They also have the San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley, and again, other parts of the country. They have a whole list of how you can volunteer about their program, the impact it has had, um, how to apply for it, how to partner with them. Um, You do go through a background check, which I think is good and is appropriate. Um, I don't know what that is involved in that, but it is something that I am going to look into because for one hour a week, I think I can dedicate to helping kids read. I love reading. I used to help um, kids read when I was in first grade. I was pretty good at reading already by the time I was in kindergarten. So my teachers would have me help kids that were struggling. I love it. I was an avid reader as a kid. I always joked. I was telling my friend this the other night, if I got in trouble now, again, this is when I was young. Okay. Not by the time I was in high school, if I got punished and sent to my room, I was like, ha ha jokes on you. I'm just going to read. Yeah, <laughs> I loved reading and I would just open up a Sweet Valley High. And... Yes, me too. I loved when I loved reading like I was reading before I started kindergarten because I mm-hmm. had been in preschool and my mom and dad had bought me this light up pin thing that taught uh, phonetics and stuff. Yes. So I think that really helped me a lot. And so, yeah, I read I wanted to read more than I wanted to play with dolls or Barbies. Same. And I think seriously, because I'm not academically inclined, it's not something I love to do. I'm so grateful that I was an avid reader because I think it gave me a vocabulary where I don't sound as dumb as I could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are hilarious. 
but like uh, I don't know, but not... that's true. The vocabulary and you yeah. learn things just by how it's put with other words. Like sometimes I had to look it up. Sometimes I'm like, oh, interesting. I've never heard well, that. Well, and word, I but will you know, say, you get it. I think that we are kind of the last generation of that. I've noticed with my younger friends, I say things to them and they have to Google it. They don't know, they don't know sayings and then they don't understand the definitions of words because they're a brief in everything. Uh-huh. You know? So Even why would they learn new words? Abbreviation, y'all. <laughs> but I don't think that's just a young person saying, I don't want young people to feel attacked. I think it's all of us. We're getting used to it. And if you don't use your vocabulary on a regular basis, you will lose it. Absolutely. Use it or lose it. Yep. So anyway, interesting. I love that. I love it too. Yay. Readingpartners.org. Um, love it. Okay. So I just want to give a quick trigger warning about my rave this week. I think it's very special. It's very important, but it mm -hmm. does contain, um, it does talk about sexual assault. So this is having to do with fashion week, which Jessica, you're more hip than I am. Did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> uh no i mean it was yeah i'm not even gonna lie i i thought it was within the last couple of weeks it's not I'm not totally sure i think it was i think it was too i don't know it, it's it feels like since covid things like that really don't register for me anymore i know i know i know, I know. <laughs> like i don't have time for this silliness it's not my career i can't worry about it <laughs> Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. It is regarding Fashion Week. Um, I'm just going to read you this little blurb about it. Uh, again, trigger warning, this does involve sexual assault. So not a description of it, but it is relating to that. Right. Most commonly asked question during Fashion Week is, what were you wearing? It is also what is asked after someone has been raped. One context is meant to shame. One is meant to celebrate agency and fashion. A group of people have been fighting for the United Nations to recognize rape in peacetime. So they walked in New York Fashion Week's first Survivor Fashion Show, where rape survivors walked the runway in the outfit they were raped in to reclaim and rebuke the stigma around, what were you wearing? They invited diplomats from around the world, and they came. Almost exactly a year later, the United Nations Survivor Rights Resolution was passed. The resolution, co-sponsored by 84 countries and led by Sierra Leone, was passed Friday. The text within the measure adopted by the General Assembly urges all nations to recognize rape in peacetime within the framework of national and international law, take effective measures in providing victims and survivors access to justice, Provide survivors access to reparations and assistance. Condemn all forms of sexual and gender-based violence. The International Cooperation for Access to Justice, Remedies, and Assistance for Survivors of Sexual Violence Resolution was adopted by consensus without any modifications. The adoption of the resolution, however, came following votes being held on four amendments attempting to water down its language, according to a report from Women's Agenda. The most contentious issues being debated were reproductive rights, reparations, recognizing international discrimination, and recounting domestic violence, according to the Women's Agenda. 
Ultimately, all four of the amendments amendments were defeated by a more than two-to-one margin, allowing the historic measures to be adopted by the United Nations. The resolution's adoption was welcomed by applause and cries of joy from individuals in the audience. One of those individuals was Amanda Nguyen, founder and CEO of RISE, a nonprofit organization fighting on behalf of sexual violence survivors worldwide to increase visibility and provide access to justice. Nguyen spearheaded a survivor-led movement to achieve the first-of-its-kind worldwide Bill of Rights aimed at curbing sexual violence. Quote, what we're asking people is not only to understand that the stigma of rape is something that should be abolished, but also to look themselves in the mirror and ask, what have you done about it? As a rape survivor, Nguyen worked for over six years to ensure the resolution was adopted by the UN's General Assembly. Nguyen also described the lone fought mission to achieve the resolution's adopt- adoption on her Instagram account. Quote, over the past six years, we were told over and over again that rape survivor- survivors in peacetime has no place on the world state, that a UN resolution was not possible, that our rights, rapes, and stories should be swept under the rug, she wrote. Silence is how rights die. I want to say that again. Mm-hmm. This is her quote. Silence is how rights die. That was the purpose of this resolution, to make each country step up and reckon with the issue. Demand that the world's most powerful must speak about our rapes instead of sweeping it under the rug. Demand that governments must give access to justice for survivors. After decades of victim-blaming, institutional denial, silencing taboo, turning away at honor killing of rape survivors, each government was forced to have, a want, have an on-the-record point of view about this resolution. In the end, 84 countries around the world co-sponsored this landmark resolution. That's nearly half the world. Many piled on last minute when they knew it was the right thing to do. In the end, it was adopted unanimously by the world, Nguyen said. To highlight victim blaming, RISE partnered with the UN Spotlight Initiative to stage an exhibition at the organization's headquarters in New York City entitled, What Were You Wearing? The exhibition emphasizes that a victim's clothing should have no bearing in rape investigations. Quote, I wanted to be an astronaut. I didn't want to be an activist, but here I am. And the clothes I wore when I was raped are on display here. Pants, shorts, dresses, and even a little girl's swimsuit adorned 103 mannequins displayed in the hall of the UN headquarters from mid-July until last week. That's the end of the article. I just want to say again, we do need to highlight victim blaming. These women walked down a runway in the clothes that they were raped in because they need to be heard. We need to fix this. The bravery of those women to even be able to look at those clothes. It's beyond. I just hold them in such high regard It's such an out-of-the-box way of grabbing attention. It had never crossed my mind until I saw this woman's video. I'm sorry, it makes me emotional. Mm -hmm. It had never crossed my mind that we get so used to hearing, especially right here, you know, here in L.A. right now, it's red carpet season. So it's tons Mm -hmm. of what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? And Mm -hmm. never crossed my mind that that is also what rape victims are asked. And that should never even enter into the equation. So anyway, I'm going to put in our show notes. I'll I'll try and find the link to that video. I think I sent it to you Mm -hmm. as well, Jessica, and I sent it to my sister. 
Um, so I'll try and put the link to that in our show notes. Very, very cool women yep. of such strength and honor and power that are striding forward through the pain to yes. make a difference for all of us. And, you know, the good news about this and what makes it an ultimate rave is that they're being hurt. Yes. It's not they enough. They did not give up. They've right. been pushing this right. for years. Years. And, and finally not done, it happened. But there's progress being made. Yeah. Really, really beautiful. It's major. Ooh, that was a heavy one, but a good one. I know. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Absolutely. Jessica. Very, very powerful. Dana. I think that's our show. I think it is. Oh, my goodness. Do you want to tell everybody... Tell everybody once again how to get a hold of us. And then also let's plug once again that you could meet us if you're in a certain part of the country soon. That's right. Please find us at the Rants and Raves podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. On YouTube at the Rants and Raves podcast, you can subscribe to our channel. We have live episodes, well, live, formerly live taped episodes. <laughs> you can watch videos of that. Uh, you can also email us at any time at the Rants and Raves podcast at gmail.com or hit the contact button on www.therantsandravespodcast.com. Also coming this May to State College, PA, we will be at the Happy Valley XL Improv Festival. Please, if you are in the Pennsylvania or Northeastern area, come on out and see us. We would love to meet you. It's going to be a great time. I hear the town is adorbs. It's I have so yet cute. to go there myself. Dana has been. This will be her second time back with this community and the festival, and we cannot wait. So please come check us out at the XL Improv Festival. Nice. Happy Thank Valley. You. A valley, thank and thank you. you to them for using a tourism grant to get us out there. We really yeah. feel very privileged and honored. So thank you. Indeed. Um, Jessica, is there anything you're watching that you need to know about that we need to know about? Great British Baking Show. It's taken over our That's lives. That's taken it. over your life. Okay. It's taken uh, over our life. I have. I need to put a call out to our listeners and ask. Does anybody, so last week, didn't we rant about all these different subscriptions? And I was like, I think I have a knitting mm -hmm. subscription that's 20 years old. Yes. So I'm, ask, I'm asking about a new subscription. Y'all, History Hit has been advertising the snot out of themselves to me. In every- History every, Hit? Yes. And it is a British, hmm. a British uh, subscription channel, streaming channel that is all history. All day, every day. Like real so, history or mm -hmm. like made yes. up Sharknado no, 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 Megalodon? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, following some of my favorite academics from like Cambridge oh, and Oxford then who are you should get specialists it. in medieval history. and But it's all history. It's not just, you know, Worth Tudor it. girl here. It, I think it would be. But I'm like, would I watch it too much? Because I already go down rabbit holes on on YouTube, Ubatubas. Right. I almost said Ubatubas. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, if anybody subscribes, let me know. I have a feeling it would be worth it to me. I have a feeling yeah. I would enjoy that more than like True TV. Does that make sure. sense? Like, yes. Hey, it's academic, and it's 
mind stimulating. Oh, it's mind stimulating. <gasps> Maybe that's not how I need to pitch it to my husband. Honestly, though, I don't think it would be a hard sell because we all know that he knows a lot about the okay. I'm Prussian sure he'd love it too. Yeah, I think you might run into him wanting to discuss with you the way Alan does about <laughs> subjects, and sometimes I'm like, huh? And he—that's why I'm telling you that I think Dan Tipton and Alan would be great friends. I know. Because remember when he was like started a conversation with me, my husband, Dan Tipton, by saying, do you know much about the Franco-Prussian War? I was like, dear God. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt myself melt. (laughs) Let me just get my notes. Oh, my (laughs) God. I better settle in for this one. That's hilarious. He's adorable. Get that app. Treat yourself. I think I need to because I've also been, I don't have discovery and that's been bothering me, but honestly, I think Mm. I want history more. I don't know why. I think so too. It just fascinates me. It keeps my brain from yelling at me all the time. Yeah. I'm so into it, you know? There's also, oh, I keep meaning to tell you, I act like we're just having a chat here. I realize this is a show, but (laughs) some people be interested in this i keep meaning to tell you i'll try and find the link there is a british show that is a day in the life of the royal kitchen and so i've watched a lot of like victorian georgian Mm -hmm. stuff like that and and what it's how the kitchens operated which is fascinating Mm -hmm. i thought you and alan might really enjoy not that we're in love with the royals or anything but to see how that kitchen is managed oh sure pheasant and grout coming right up Grouse, I mean, not grouse. That's what you put between tiles. Hey, hey. That's what gets moldy and you have to gel brush it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Jessica, I enjoy you very much. I enjoy you always, my friend. Um, I always like to leave us with a point to ponder. I don't mm-hmm. even know what to say about this one, to be honest. I think it's probably, I think probably the category I would put it under is like, ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so be prepared. <laughs> um, and also real quick before we go, I hope everyone was okay. I hope we gave enough trigger warnings. And thank you to those of you who, um, mm-hmm. you know, are able to uh, take in some of, some of that kind of stuff so that we can all help society make it better. So thank you for that. Yes. Jessica, did you know <laughs> that during your lifetime, you will produce enough saliva to fill 50 bathtubs? Let me get into it a little bit. The average person produces roughly one ounce or 30 milliliters of saliva every hour. That's 24.3 ounces or 720 milliliters. Or one full wine bottle's worth of saliva a day, which is an average of 69 gallons or 263 liters per year. With the average, here it is, the average global life expectancy being about 72 years. I'm going to live longer than that, (laughs) y'all. This means that you produce an average of 4,968 gallons or 18,936 liters of saliva. In your lifetime, that is enough to fill 50 bathtubs. Well, y'all know that I'm a slobberer. So oh. I figure I'm going to be hitting at least 20,000 gallons of saliva in my lifetime because I'm going to live to be old <laughs> and I slobber. So there you go. <laughs> oh, 
I'm just, I have slobbered since we started this show and just slyly wiped it off my face. So it is what it is. Jessica, I enjoy you. I enjoy you. <laughs> Don't we'll get see. washed away. Ew, gross. <laughs> bye. Bye bye.